Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Michael Reed on LMFM. Thursday morning, the 2nd of September. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. A new raft of questions for government about the role it created for former Minister Catherine Sabone as a UN envoy has prompted questions about how ministers are doing government business by text messages. I got a text from the Taunashta. Um I think it was the week before... Um, because he said that uh, in in the next few days, I'm I'm um, uh, Captain Zappone's in Dublin and I'm meeting her. Is there anything I should know? Basically, I don't remember the exact text, but that's that's effectively. Uh, and I got back to him to say, look, um, um, I've been talking to her about a special envoy position um, that the department was working on, um, and and I effectively, that was it. I mean, he he was essentially. Um, um, uh, wanted an update whether there was anything he should know, I think. And it was no it was no more or less than that. So, Simon Coveney got a text message from Leo Vradker. I, I have to say, I have to, have to check, but I, I don't recall having any uh, text message conversation with Simon Coveney in relation to um, the, uh, um, the, the, um, uh, the, 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 the gathering at the Marion Hotel. So I don't think there were any to delete, but I have to look back as to what he said exactly. It's all a bit of a muddle, isn't it? Had there been any conversations prior uh, to that text message with the uh, Tarnished around uh, Catherine Sapone and, and uh, the process or appointment or, or the no. proposal? No. No, there wasn't, Debbie. All right, let's uh, talk uh, to Minister Damien English, who's on the line. Uh, very good morning to you, Minister. We were listening there to Simon Coveney responding to Sinn Féin's uh, Johnny Brady at uh, that meeting of uh, the Foreign Affairs Oireachtas Committee uh, on Tuesday. There's a, a lot of confusion around this. Indeed, there's a lot of concern, it seems, uh, with your government partners in terms of what actually happened and where clarity might be found in relation to all of this. Good morning, Michael. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, look, Michael, like yourself, um, I was listening back to some parts of that committee briefing as well. I've no doubt that if there's any issue that needs to be clarified, that Simon Coven will provide that clarification. I mean, that's the way Simon operates. It's straight up, and that's what he'll do. So I think there's a number of questions that the committee wants to still put to him. So I don't know if we have to go back in in person to do that or just write into them, but there's no doubt that Simon will provide any clarity required because, you know, there's no need for confusion here. I think it was very clear. Simon informed the committee meeting himself the other day that there was text messages from himself and the Tarnister. 
he didn't have them on his own phone and then the Donish uh, released them there yesterday so they're all there for everyone to see and they're, they're very clear um, so if there's any clarity needed Simon Coveney should do that and I know that will do that mm. So you're a bit confused yourself I'm not confused. I, I, I can see the text messages that are there. Mm. I listened to some parts of time. I didn't get the poll today. I'm not on the Foreign Affairs Committee. They have some issues they want clarified. Simon Coveney, knowing the man that I know, will mm. absolutely provide that clarity and will have no issue doing that because that's the way he operates. Okay, but it's not clear, is it, what has happened in the lead up to all of this? Uh, I mean, there's an awful lot of questions that people have. Have you no questions about it, Minister? Well, the two things on this, I mean, at the time last, early on July, I listened to, the, to Simon Coveney explaining the process around this. Mm. Uh, Simon Coveney, the Taoiseach, the leader of the Green Party and the Taoiseach have all said uh, that, the, that the way that this was informed of Cabinet wasn't the right way to do it. And that can't happen again. And procedures are in place to provide that. But at the time, in appointing uh, Catherine Sapone or bringing forward her appointments for a special envoy, that's what the usual practice was followed there in relation to the Foreign Affairs Department that's been followed before in, in position of, of appointing an envoy. Other countries do similar as well. Uh, I think that that's, to me, uh, appointing envoys is, is a good use of qualified people in the country. The process of doing that and whether that practice has changed is being looked at now. But the big issue here was the way it was brought to Cabinet. Simon Coveney has put his hand up and said that wasn't right and it wasn't fair on the Taoiseach to, to bring it in uh, at, at, at such a late stage. But that, And mm. that's been dealt with and the Taoiseach accepted that apology and, and we're moving on from that. Okay. Uh, issue then around uh, the text with Leo, I think at the, at the committee meeting the other day, Simon Coveney informed the committee meeting himself that there was text messages. Mm. He said, I don't have those texts for various reasons and advice in his phone. He said he didn't have them himself, so then Leo provided them. So they're there for everyone mm. to see, and it's quite clear that Tonister wasn't aware uh, that she was in, in line for this position until he asked himself uh, of Simon Coveney. So when Catherine Sapone texted Leo Radker from the Piglet and asked the Tonister if she'd heard anything about her appointment uh, as a special envoy for human rights and LGBTQ issues, was she lobbying? Well, I certainly wouldn't think so, because Simon Coveney, uh, you know, they were already working on that appointment. She was asking Leo, does he, was he aware of it? And he clearly wasn't, uh, which proves that he wasn't involved in that process as well for a start. Um, Simon Coveney has explained on a few occasions now the process and why we wanted to have Catherine Sapone as a special envoy. Uh, she was based in New York. She had been a previous minister. Personally, uh, I do uh, agree with the, the logic of pre, uh, past ministers, no matter what party they were, in their case, independent, past TDs with great experience, chairman of the committees. I believe they should always be involved in ongoing business and anybody else that's relevant too. So Simon Coveney had, had picked out and decided in conjunction with the department that Catherine Sapone would be a useful asset to our work at the UN. Mm. I think most people kind of accept that, she had the CV for that. The issue is how he informed his cabinet colleagues, and he's apologised for that, and that mm. would be corrected. Then the second issue is, in general, uh, does the practice around appointing special envoys need to be changed? That's something that government can look at. Simon Colby did follow best practice, but he said himself, mm. uh, with the issues that created a cabinet, this needs to be clarified and dealt with. And he's, he's very clear okay. about that and very honest about that. So, so, it's so, important that we fix that for the future. So your belief, Minister, is that on the 16th of July, uh, 11 days before the Taoiseach knew about this, Catherine Sapone was sitting in a wine bar in Dublin uh, and she knew that she was appointed. Well, my understanding is from listening to Simon Colby on this, and uh, that Simon had had been as far back as a year had discussed with Catherine Sapone how she might be able to assist with Ireland's work at the UN Council because she'd been involved in that campaign. As you know yourself, it was a, an ongoing campaign for a couple of years to secure that position. Mm. Uh, this week and this month, we take chair, you know, we chair the Security Council, which is a big position for Ireland. So naturally, the Department of Foreign Affairs would want to use every opportunity to strengthen their team to do that, and it was felt 
from Simon uh, talking to Catherine others that maybe she would have uh, been able to assist in that. So there was, there was obviously backstabs, and I, I haven't followed oh. that, but Simon did say he discussed Catherine um, providing some sort of a service with our UN work. That was then formalised before July. Naturally, before it goes to Cabinet, no contracts can be signed and no photo agreements are reached, and Catherine haven't been the previous minister would understand understand that too. So to me, that's that's mm. quite laid out there, and that, that's all been been talked about so, well at the end of July and during August. It's been discussed again this week because it's at the committee meeting, and there was an issue around text messaging. Okay. But, but you, been, you'd suspect been, that uh, she have expected to be appointed uh, 11 days before the Taoiseach was made known when she was texting the Taunister from the piglet. Yeah, to be clear though, it, it has to, uh, like any of those appointments, like any of the work I would do in my department as well, until something is formalised at Cabinet, it's mm. not formalised. Mm. Um, so no contracts will be issued. They can have discussions, they can talk about the work you will be doing, the potential contract, how it would happen. But until the full Cabinet would agree on something okay. like that and sanctions, it wouldn't happen. But it would be normal for a Minister to be carrying on with preparing their work and then bringing it to Cabinet when it's ready. That's the normal. OK, doing well, that, that was on the Friday that she was asking Leo Radker. We know that on the following Monday that the arrangements had been put in place and a meeting had been set up for Catherine Sabone uh, with uh, Niall Burgess, uh, the General Secretary, I think, in uh, the Department of Foreign Affairs, to finalise the contract. Yeah, that's, but, that, but I don't see the, the Torrance the Torrance wasn't involved in that process. That was work that was underway mm. in the Department of Foreign Affairs. Michael, I didn't sit through the two hours of the committee. So I've no, 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 but we know that from the text messages that were published yesterday. But we know that from the text messages that were published yesterday because Leo Bradker texted... Simon Coveney on the Monday, Simon Coveney said, yeah, look, this is happening. Uh, and that's on the 19th. Uh, previously, Leo Radker had said he didn't know about this until the 27th, uh, which is some eight days later. Uh, that's very questionable now, isn't it? Well, the text messages are there uh, and they show that, that, he, that he wasn't involved in the process and didn't know about it. He Simon was Coveney mistaken at best, though, wasn't he? Well, Simon Covey's job as, as minister and uh, and the secretary general of that department was was to engage around the, this this position and the contract. That's what they were doing. But to be very clear here, and the teacher will be here on this too, that could not be fully sanctioned until it went through cabinet. I think the big issue for me and something that, that I think Simon Covey has absolutely put his hand up and apologised for, and rightly so, was that the teacher, for whatever reason, wasn't probably mm. properly informed in, in a timely manner before that decision. Um, I think most people agreed hadn't been involved in work with Catherine Sapone over a long number of years. She had the CV mm. to do this job and was based in America. So certainly would be a useful asset to our Foreign Affairs Department for, for, a 12, for 12 months. But when the Tarnish said, really said he didn't know about it until the 27th, just before the Taoiseach knew about it, the Tarnish was mistaken because Leo Radker asked Simon Coveney about it eight days previously. There any issues? Yeah. Look, I mean, as I said, Simon Coveney has said he's no problem providing clarity in any of these matters to the department of, to the committee. No, but is it not odd that, that Leo Radker would send a text message asking about something as specific about this and then forget about sending that text message and saying that he didn't know about the thing at all until eight days later? Yeah, well, again, I think if you look look back at the the press conference the other evening or on the, on the issue around COVID which we're on to talk about today as well mm. the Taoiseach when he was asked about it said, said he, he couldn't remember but he would check his phone and that's what he did and as soon as he checked his phone seeing the taxes they were published so very clear about that you know, and, and, and there's no issue there he is looking at the text message the same as yourself so I haven't discussed this with the Taoiseach he did ask Simon Covey mm. was that and he should know about it so he clearly didn't know about it before that as well and and that's it so it goes to Cabinet then and a, a decision was made there the Taoiseach himself 
okay. made it very clear he wanted that process changed. He wasn't happy and has dealt with that with the party leaders uh, and, 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 and we've moved on from that because that was wrong and no one's denying that. That was handled badly the way it was brought okay. to cabinet. Um, shouldn't happen there's again. a lot of upset in Fianna Fáil in particular Barry Cowan uh, who uh, I think wants Michal Martin to take action what that action means only Barry Cowan knows uh, but it's been interpreted to mean that he wants to see resignations because he was forced to resign as indeed Derek Cleary was forced to resign for breaching uh, COVID regulations uh, and indeed for the way that they handle government business. Uh, this has become a very serious matter for government. Uh, do you accept that? Uh, and uh, do you think that uh, it's being interpreted in Fianna Fáil uh, as something that would mean uh, do as Fine Gael says, not as Fine Gael does? Yeah, well, well to be clear, I heard from Barry Cowan. I, I can't answer for Barry Cowan. Um, we all know what, what happened with Barry Cowan, as he said himself this morning. His experience at Cabinet wasn't a good one. Uh, and, and that was to do with him himself and, and, and the Taoiseach and Barry's um, desire or not desire to, to present to the doll and to answer questions there. The situation in relation to the, the, the appointment of Captain Sapone and Simon Copley is extremely different and it's not apples and apples in relation to what happened with Barry Cowan, what happened to Derek Leary, they're very different situations. Simon Copley himself has come out at the end of July and said he was wrong in the way he brought this to Cabinet and that it was a mistake and it was wrong that the Taoiseach wasn't informed. That's the issue that Taoiseach has dealt with. The Taoiseach himself said that that won't happen again. He has made sure of that and that's mm-hmm. him taking, taking a firm position. He was right on that. And Simon Gobi did handle this wrong. The Taoiseach said the same as is the leader of the Green Party. And then you move on from that. The issue okay. then do you think, that, do you think that's what will happen, Minister? Sorry, uh, and I do want to ask you about reopening. Do you think that people will move on from that, that they'll draw a line under this? Or is this going to go on and on? Uh, and is there the prospect of resignations? Or could it even be more serious than that? Uh, to, be, to be honest with you, uh, my read of this is that absolutely... Uh, Simon Coveney, uh, if there's any issue to be clarified, should do that clarification. He said he will, no problem. I know Simon extremely well, no better man to bring clarity to any of this. He will do that with the Foreign Affairs Committee. Of course, if the teacher has any other clarifications, he mm. wants Simon would provide that as well. Because well, I think everybody is going to be asked about it today, honest. Minister. You know, and therein oh, yeah, lies, and and therein lies the problem for the working of government uh, no, uh, no, and part of... To be clear, I think, I think it's important that Simon, if there's mm. any unanswered question... Yeah. Uh, the Simon Coveney answered them mm. and he will uh, and, he yeah, and the question then will be does he be asked about them again the following day and the following day and the following well, week and the following yeah. month because you can't hamper the work of government like that which is why Barry Cowan and Derek Cleary fell on their swords and uh, it seems as though they're yeah, comparing we, the two Yeah to be fair Michael mm. they're, they're not comparable in my, in my view okay. but of course it's important if there's any unanswered questions Simon Coveney asked them and he will uh, I, I work very close to Simon Coveney. I know him extremely well to be a decent, honourable, straight-up man. He will provide the answers, and that's what he will do. Minister, there's a, a roadmap uh, to end the pandemic as we knew it uh, and to live with coronavirus instead of under lockdown protecting ourselves from the virus, uh, that we do that by taking personal responsibility for our own actions uh, and we're going to see all aspects of society open uh, towards uh, the end of October after the 22nd uh, with uh, these various phases uh, beginning uh, already and indeed in particular from Monday onwards. Uh, Is there a concern or have you any concerns about the pace that we're moving at? Uh, two things, Michael. Uh, I think, of course, all of us have to be constantly aware uh, of, of the danger still of, of COVID and the pandemic. We are trying to live with that now. We are over 92% of us have been vaccinated and fully vaccinated. 
that doesn't mean we're completely and utterly safe from COVID, but it means the chances of it ha- having a really negative impact on our health mm. uh, are, are greatly reduced. And that gives us the opportunity to reopen, in my view, in a safe... 80% over way. the age of 18. Yeah, so the two things there, again, mm. Michael, and again, that's why we're not having the full reopen until that is, it's over 90% of those over 16. So there are mm. still restrictions in place up until near the end of October. It needs so, to be two uh, weeks after 90% of people yeah. over the age of 16. Will we so, be there? I, I, I fully believe we'll be there, Michael, because at, at all times we've reached our milestones on that. There'll, there'll be a lot of effort uh, to make sure we are. Even Simon Harris this morning spoke about having vaccination centres uh, on, our, on our college campuses mm. to reach those who haven't been reached yet. So every effort will be made to bring us there. But you're asking me, are we reopening in a safe and cautious way? I think anybody, first of all, I think it's, it's, I'm delighted that we're now in this position, that we're very close to the end in terms of restrictions and that we can reopen, of course, with public health advice thereafter mm. to, to mind ourselves and mind each other and protect each other. But this has been a long journey for anybody um, trying to run their daily lives from a social aspect, from the family lives, education and school, from a job point of view and business point of view, it's been a nightmare for the last 18 months. Now, as a government, we've at all times trying to be manage the public health of this to protect people's lives and health. That's come at a great cost to many businesses, great cost to many families and their jobs and everything else. But we're working our way through this since Christmas and probably since March since we began mm. reopening at different stages. And I believe at all times we've taken a very cautious approach. Some would say too cautious. In my view, we've taken the right decisions in most cases. It doesn't mean we've got everything perfectly right, but with the cooperation of the people, and there's been immense cooperation and sacrifice for the last 18 months, we are in a, a reasonable position, a positive position to reopen fully by the end of October. But I have to say, that's down to the Irish people following that advice and guidance in the majority of cases. At the same time, we have to see how it pans out. It is a live experiment. It has to be a live experiment uh, if it's going to be tested at all. But as the Minister of State for Business, Employment and Retail, ha- have you a message for employers and employees if uh, there's a dispute or a concern that one has that the other doesn't share? If somebody is being forced to go back to work and they don't feel it's safe, let alone get on a bus and sit beside a stranger in order to get to work. Uh, is there something that you would suggest to them in order to resolve a dispute like that? Yeah, there's a couple of issues here. First of all, communication is key. Uh, and I, I wouldn't expect all employers and employees to openly talk to each other and talk through any concerns they have. We've had people returning to work uh, since March uh, in many different sectors. We have many people who had to stay at work right throughout this. Uh, and, and, and were never uh, permitted to be able to stay at home. So people have had to manage this and work with this. Great efforts have gone in with employers, with their organisations, with representative bodies to deal with our government agencies, our government departments, my own department specifically in many of these issues. Working with all the employee representative bodies at the unions. Even yesterday the Taoiseach chaired a working group involving all those stakeholders uh, to update the advice and the guidance and the protocols around returning to work. We've done that now about five or six times. We've changed the advice and guidance and updated it over the last uh, 12 to 18 months, constantly trying to work out best practice to give good guidance, good advice to everybody, employers and employees, to work together on this. It's not going to be easy. Many people are still nervous coming back out mm. and to work. Some are concerned. Others can't wait to get back. There's a balancing act here. We're trying to give the best advice and guidance we can to employers and to employees to work their way through this. Um, and I think I'd ask anybody to look at the guidelines and to follow those protocols and have any concerns to deal with our own department, to deal with the, the HSA, Health and Safety Authority, who deal with the concerns in this and how to manage thousands of inspections, do check out uh, any situations that are reported to them if they believe employers 
are not following the back to work protocol. So a lot of effort has gone in has gone in to get this right, and we will update that over these couple of weeks as well as we prepare for that return to the office. But bear in mind, Michael, thousands of people have continued their work and have managed their work, and we we've always learned from that. And every effort is made by all involved, be it state employer or private employer, to protect people at work and their customers and their interactions and we will continue with those efforts. Minister, thank you indeed for joining us on the programme this morning. That's uh, the Minister of State for Business, Employment and Retail and Fine Gael TD for Mead West, Damien English. Michael Reed on LMFM. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.